welcome to the Film Obsessed Couple. I'm Shelly. And I'm Scott. If you're a new listener, we really appreciate you listening to us. Uh, we also appreciate our longtime listeners. Scott and I are a married couple obsessed about movies. Scott's more analytical, while I'm a little bit more open-minded. We are unscripted and unfiltered, which means things will get wild and crazy. Yes, especially for today's. It's going to be insane. Because not only are we doing a terrible movie, but it is also a special occasion. Happy New Year! That as well, but it is also our two-year anniversary of doing this show. Happy anniversary! There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty crazy, yeah. It's crazy that we did this. Um, I'm sure, you know, if we have regular listeners, you know, you probably know why we started this, but just to give a quick recap of that is that, you know, I had watched movies all my life and worked at a theater where all you really had time to do was just go through and be like, well, did you know that this guy was in this? Oh, well, you should watch this movie, you know, in free time and stuff. Mm. So you're working with a bunch of movie lovers. So Shelly is not like that. She enjoys movies for fun, which is very weird. I know. I'm weird. (laughs) So we would watch movies and I'd be like, that sucked. And she's like, well, I loved it. (laughs) Or vice versa. And so she would always be like, you should start a podcast. And I'd be like, no one wants to listen to it by myself, to me by myself. And I don't know how to carry a podcast by myself. And so after talking about it for a while, we came up with this. Yeah. And it it helped because I was going through school at the time and I was, I was taking an English class and they're like, oh, write about, uh, I forgot what it was like, something like business career that you wanted to go into. Yeah. That's not the career that you're going to school for. And I'm like, well, son of a bitch. So yeah, I thought of podcasting and I researched it and I'm like, let's just do it. Yeah. For sure. So here we are two years later. It's been crazy. We first year we kept having um, technical issues. Well, yeah, because the um, the little switcher thing that I have here because we're recording this on my iPad and I have to have like a little USB switch hub thing. And the one that we got was pretty cheap. So it kept cutting out. And then I think twice it didn't record an episode. Yes. Oh, man. Those times were rough. Maybe even three times, because our very first episode we tried, we did as a test run, didn't record. It just recorded through the iPad, and it sounded terrible. Right. We had great plans for last year that did not happen, but that's okay. That's okay. We yeah. we uh, we're hoping to, this year, maybe do a little bit more, hopefully. Depends on our listeners. So we'll, mm-hmm. be, we'll be asking you for some help. Stay tuned till the end. Yeah. You know, we started out doing every week and releasing it every week, and that became a little too much. So we did every other week. Mm-hmm. So And, and you know, we, we kind of looked it up. We were like, I, I, I looked it up because I was like, oh, gosh, should we be doing every week to get more people in, to get a consistency? And, you know, online it was just filled with people's opinions, but the, the main opinion was like, you know, if you're doing it for free, if you're doing it just because you like to do it, and it's not like a obligation that oh you're getting paid so you need to keep consistently it's like just do it for two like every every other week Mm -hmm. so you're not burning yourself out and not killing yourself with like your regular job yeah because we do have a full-time job on top of this yeah um yeah so yeah but it, it was a little rough at the start when we did it it was like every other week it was like we would record and looking back on it we would watch a movie and then that same day, come back into my office and record. <laughs> so we were like spending four hours a one day 
like doing this. It was exhausting. Yeah, because like we were both really tired from the movie because movies can make you tired depending mm-hmm. on which one. And we're like, all right, let's go record this now. So if you listen to our earlier ones and you were like, oh, that's probably why because we were just so tired and we were just trying to find our footing. Yeah. So now if you want to know the behind the scenes, we watch a movie and then the next weekend we record. Yeah. And so, then I'll edit it over that week and then release it. We make notes and review our notes before we record. And sometimes I don't because I'm busy. There is a little bit of a downside to that, I think, because I do miss some things. But I do remember when we watched it the same day and then came back here, not remembering everything, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even like right after, there's still just some things that go by the wayside. No, exactly. Yeah. And if we ever don't point something out, and you're like, oh, my gosh, just message us or Send us a whatever. You can email us, thefilmobsessedcouple at gmail.com. Or you can try and do your podcast and realize that it's not super easy to try and remember every detail about a movie. Mm-hmm. And talk about it in an interesting type of way. And um, an exciting thing, which is kind of neat for this beginning of the year, is we did get our first fan email which we'll talk more about at the end Mm -hmm. yep that's going to inform what we're doing next time because there's yeah a movie suggestion so thank you andrew yes not my friend andrew that i've referenced several times on the show but a completely stranger a complete stranger andrew who said he was a big a fan since we guested on film versus film yeah andrew from canada yeah that's crazy that's why he's so nice Everybody from Canada is so nice. So we kind of mentioned it last time at the end, but this week we're doing Shark Night 3D because it's director. Please tell me about this director. Because this director, uh, David R. Ellis, he directed the very first movie we ever did, which was Cellular. That's right. Um, This was his last movie he did, unfortunately. I can tell why. (laughs) Or did he die? He died. Oh, shit. (laughs) So sorry, Mr. Ellis. Well, he's not going to be hurt by anything you say, but yes, they found him in his bathtub in a hotel, if I remember right. Are you shitting me? No. That's so sad. He said the cause of death was never revealed. Aww. Could have possibly been because he had directed this movie. It is possible because it was something not desirable, um, but no reason to, if he did. And well, alive himself. Well, let me let me update this. He was just found in the bathroom, not the bathtub in oh. his hotel. Okay. Anyway, he had directed a few big movies that got some release. He did the second Homeward Bound movie, Lost in San Francisco. He did Final Destination 2, and I believe the last mm. one called The Final Destination. Mm. And Cellular, of course, our first movie, go back, and Snakes on a Plane. Okay, some of this is making sense. I get his um, flow a little bit. Yeah, and he was also second unit director, which is usually when you make movies, depending on the director and stuff, they'll have other units like filming things to be like, okay, well, we're going to film with the actors, but we need shots of like cars driving down the street or we need shots of like trees or whatnot. So like second unit, go out and just get all these like pickup shots or like B-roll footage, as they call it. So he was second unit director on quite a bit of movies as well. I'll be damned. Waterworld, Matrix Reloaded. So, yeah, you know, he's been around. Well, good for him. 
I hate that he's no longer with us, and hopefully nothing really horrible happened. Yeah, if he was in his bathtub, he got there were cookie cutter sharks in his bathtub. Oh Jesus! Which apparently is not true. Cookie cutter sharks do not kill like this as they do in the movie. Is that even a thing? Cookie cutter sharks? <laughs> I didn't know what that was. So you want to know how big this movie is? There is like four pieces of trivia almost on the <laughs> IMDb, but one of them is like, "Oh, cookie cutter sharks don't kill like this, or wouldn't kill people." Hang on here. You know, just quick look at it. Google was basically like, "There's been a handful of documents of people getting bit by one, but in the in this movie, they're like piranhas." Yeah. But Piranha 3D was a different movie that was made, and this is Shark Night 3D, so, you know, you gotta have a different shark. True. So, but, you know, we'll, we'll get into it here now. Basically, this is Shark Night or Shark Night 3D. Did you notice any 3D moments in this movie? Other than the one big one at the end? Um, maybe, well, the ending. Nope. I really didn't either. <laughs> I was trying to think. Like, oh, yeah. No. No. Didn't happen for me. Well, I didn't either. And I was like, oh, you were talking. You were like, oh, this movie. So say what would have made this movie better first off. Okay. So I was thinking this would be a great classic 80s movie if it had nudity and sex. Yes. And Piranha and Piranha 3 Double D did do that better. Really? Yeah, there's a ton of nudity, and I, I don't remember seeing Piranha 3 Double D, but Piranha 3... Was there some Double Ds? I believe so. Were there some Ds? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe so. There was a ton of nudity in the first one, at least, but um, I said they already kind of made this movie in the 80s. It was Jaws 3D, hmm. although there was no sex and nudity in it, but there was a lot of like, look over there! You know, like people looking at the screen and stuff like that. Oh, I so, see. So that's what I thought was going to happen in this. I thought it was going to be all like, oh, look, it's coming right for us. And it's like, oh, no. But there was nothing. Not real. I mean, maybe if we would have watched it in 3D, it would have been more obvious. But just, yeah, the ending maybe, but that's it. I don't even know if the be the beginning where they flashed the title of the movie. Oh, it could be. Which, I mean, any... The beginning really got me because the music, which was kind of like a heavy metal mm -hmm. type music, which I love. It's fine. Um, and then they flash the title of the movie. And I'm like, oh, this movie's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shock night. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, this, this is going to be bad. And I was like, just wait. Just wait till you find out why sharks are in Louisiana. And why is the intro so long? I don't know. Was this before the woman? Or what? It had to be. the Yeah. The intro was before or after the woman? The, the white bikini lady? I think it was after. So we could just talk about it real quick. This movie opens with a woman in a white bikini, like kind of just treading water in this. I don't know if it's, it's not a lake. No. I felt like it was a lake. Yeah, well, I did look because my first uh, instinct was to be like, sharks can't live in fresh water. But I guess I did look it up, and some Louisiana places do have salt water. Mm. So I was like, rrr, rrr, rrr. they beat me there. I mean, it didn't look like a bayou or a swamp or anything like that. It looked like a normal lake. Yeah, and that could be where they filmed it. I said that I saw that they had filmed in Louisiana and in Texas in some places. And I feel like I'm pretty versed on this because I grew up. In the lake, like, mm. like literally in the lake. No, okay. 
That's where your little little known fact, Shelly, was born in a lake. <laughs> we uh, went to the lake a lot yeah. when I lived with my mom. Um, so I know the lake life. Yeah. Not salt life, unfortunately. That probably would have been a little bit better. But lake life. Which those things kind of... We see those all the time around here in Missouri. It's weird. Because there's really not any beaches here. Yeah, there's a completely different smell even to salt life and lake life. Yeah. Think dead fish. Lake life. Yeah. Um, the Like it's summertime, some of the big things to do here in Missouri would be to go floating. Mm. So you float down like the little rivers and lakes and stuff. like Well, not lakes, but like little rivers and stuff. And Yeah. There's no sandy beaches on the sides of the lake. It's like rock banks and stuff like that, mud banks. You don't want to go barefoot. No. Um, We did get to experience a beach when we went to Mexico. We did. Your first one. Was it yours? Or had you been on a beach before? I had been on one. Oh, gotcha. I have experienced the salt life. You have. You got to put that on the back of your car now. Mm -hmm. I should put mine on the back of my car now. No. Would replace that white power symbol i had on there (laughs) my sticker would be like i ride unicorns yes and i didn't have a white power symbol on my car i just had a norse symbol it was the norse compass because i was like really into god of war and read about norse mythology when we went on our trip yeah thanks for explaining that i was was a little worried i know i know (laughs) i um unfortunately white supremacists and fucking racist assholes are kind of taking over these norse symbols because they're the pinnacle of of evolution you know they're like norse you know vikings were like the coolest men ever and you know i drink six pbrs in the morning and i'm like the (laughs) pinnacle of man too i need to so you know i was like shelly i think i'm going to take off that symbol that norse symbol on the back of my car and you're like why i was like i just think it can be misconstrued as being a white power supporting symbol I thought it looked really cool. It was red and your car's black. I'm like, that's badass. I thought it was cool too, but I I have one on my guitar case over there. And when I took my guitar in to get looked at, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. So, you know, people are probably like, well, be into what you're into. But, you know, too many people are like, oh, white power symbols are now prevalent with the Norse association with Norse. And uh, my birthday is in 88. And 88 is apparently a gigantic white power thing, too, because 8-8, H is the eighth letter of the alphabet, and 8-8, H-H, Oh. you know? So I can't have anything in my username with 8-8 in it. That guy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dumb, you know? So I don't even want any association with it, so I took off all my Norse mythology stuff that I had. And I kind of get it, because there are some crazy people out there that may assume, which you know what that does. Yes. Um, And then it's possible that you could get hurt. Yeah, and I don't want anybody... It's like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I know you don't watch it, but Larry, he hates people, and he was wearing the Make America Great hat again to keep people away from him. Mm. He was in like a diner, and these couple was coming up to him, and he, because he's the only seat they had in the diner was next to him. And they're coming up, and he puts the hat on, and they're like, oh, and he, he's just so happy because he doesn't want to be around people. It reminds me of that kid that we saw in the restaurant that wore that red, It was, I think it was a um, MAGA hat. Yeah, you took a picture of him, remember? 
Yes, like the younger kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were out eating and there was a young boy with a Make America Great hat on again. And I was like, do not post that on Facebook. <laughs> I did, but I blurred his face okay, out. Okay, good. Because, <laughs> I mean, come on. This kid was like 10 years or younger. He's not like Trump's the greatest. I don't want him to get attacked, though. No. Where are we? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically is. Yes, this is saltwater in Louisiana, apparently so. But they're in like a lake area with this girl in this white bikini. She is wading water, walking to this like wooden pier in the middle. Yeah, she was going to, it's a, um, like a swimming dock, I would call it. Yeah, you've, I've seen it in movies where people like get on and lay down and kind of suntan. And... It's just a flat yeah. surface with a... Um... A ladder that you can climb up on. So as she is making her way there, this camera, what you think is a shark, it starts swimming from behind her and goes right up her butthole. Holy shit. And because, you know, and this movie is not the first time, this isn't the first time the movie does that, but this camera is like, ass, 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 ass. <laughs> and it's not a shark, it's her boyfriend because he oh. comes up from underneath and freaks her out. Wouldn't you know it, it's the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And he takes her top off here. He does. He's kind of an asshole. He is. Which, uh, going back to your sex and nudity thing, may have made this like more of an 80s movie. We don't see it. She turns around from the camera for some reason. <laughs> she's like, the camera's watching me. No. No, don't look. Yeah, she's like, this isn't a nude beach. I could get sex offender charges on me. No. It's like, there's a kid over there. And there wasn't even any kind of making out or anything. Yeah. I think they may have had a little kiss, but that's it. Um, he just leaves. He's like, <laughs> nude beach, I'll see you later. And yeah. he goes to this shit camper they have on the beach. Oh, it's awful. On the shore. It's Quotations. not a beach. Yeah. And talk about ripping off Jaws. This is directly from Jaws because she starts getting attacked. And... The boyfriend's like on the shore in their camper and he's, she's screaming for help and stuff. And that's the beginning of Jaws. The woman swims out, gets attacked, and the the hippie dude passes out drunk on the beach. He can't hear her. You know what's weird is she was on her way out of the water. Mm -hmm. So maybe waist high? It is like waist high, yeah. And she gets attacked by a fucking shark? They say later it was a thresher. You know, we won't say who the bad guys are in this just yet. But they were like, oh, look at this video we took of it. It was a thresher got attacked by it. She got attacked by a thresher. Which, let me go back to Google here real quick. Okay, and so common people like me are just supposed to know what the fuck that means. Exactly. Um, Threshers are like 10 feet long. So, yeah, you definitely would think that you would see that coming. 10 feet? That's what it says. The first thing they pop up to Google, they're about ten and a half feet. Females are about eight to fourteen feet long. Holy fuck. So you're absolutely right in your point is that yes, she doesn't see or hear a shark coming after her in this waist high water. And I get because our back is to the water. Mm -hmm. She's coming towards shore. But I mean I would imagine it's bigger than waist. Waist deep. Yeah. If that makes sense. But anyway. So it, it kills her. And then we get this intro you were talking about. Like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and 
this intro is so goddamn long. It's pictures of sharks and people swimming. It just keeps cutting back and forth. Yeah, there's a lot of quick cuts. Yeah, and so you get the whole... It's like a movie from the 50s where it's like you, you got all the credits at the very start. Because mm-hmm. at the time, you know, they didn't do the credits at the end like we do now. They get like everything out. They're like, best boy, grip, audio engineer. It's like everybody is in this these credits and... Ten minutes later, we get to the fun. We actually get to the movie. Yeah, unlike our podcast, we realize that people don't like long intros. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So, what do we cut to now? A girl's ass walking on campus of a school, and she's not even. That's the only time she's in this movie. Yeah, I was like, oh well, this is one of the main characters. No, she walks off. She takes her ass and gets out. She's out of here. And can you imagine, I just, whenever I see things like that, I just laugh because they're like, all right, we need a woman for this shot. It's a tracking shot that's going to open the movie properly. It's going to be on your ass. So we need everybody to turn around. We want to take a look at the ass that's going to open the movie. Am I the only one that prefers curves? You know, like is is most of these asses, no offense, ladies, (laughs) love all the ladies in this movie, but it's kind of, kind of straight. There's, there's not mm. a lot of curving going on. The hips, the booty. I don't know. That's like an American dad where Francine gets attacked by acid. Uh, Stan uses his perfect ass and <laughs> gives a transplant to her so she can get her face back. You know how I am about asses. Yeah, she's like, he goes, hey, ass face. And she's <laughs> like, thank you, crater ass, because his ass is gone now. <laughs> crater ass. So we're in a, it. We said it before, but this movie feels like it takes place in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the technology that they have here, I would have definitely have thought it was like two thousand three. Absolutely. Because we cut to a dorm room, and we have the main character Nick, who played the veterinarian in Schitt's Creek. Mm. Poor guy. At least he went on to better things than this. Thank goodness. Joel David Moore plays Gordon. And they are in their dorm room, and uh, Joel David Moore is playing Xbox, Xbox 360. No. They're playing Halo Reach, I'm assuming. I'm not sure which Halo it was, but there's a gigantic poster of Halo Reach on their wall, so I'm assuming it's the same one. Do you think they sponsored this movie? Oh, they had to pay to get in, probably. Or they had to pay them for sponsorship. Oh, boy. Halo Reach came out in September 2010, so this is about probably when they were making it. Holy shit. And Halo is a gigantic game, so they're probably like, yeah, put it in your game movie. Wait, Shark Knight 3D? Oh, you're going to have to pay us. (laughs) One of these guys on the video screen when they're, or on the TV when they're playing, I thought was Eric Christian Olsen from, oh, in in the Los Angeles, NCIS Los Angeles. Oh. I thought he was the blonde guy from that. The guy who's like with the girl with the eye thing. Yeah, the be- <laughs> Well, she's got that eye thing. She does. The the beach blonde yeah, I, guy. It, it yeah. looked like him and I was like, oh, is he in this movie? But we never see these people again. No. Uh, Nick is trying to be a doctor and he, did he didn't he say something like he's filling out his exams or his uh, applications to med school at this point? I can't really remember. I just know that... He talks about becoming a doctor. 
I could have swore he was all like, please keep it down, I'm filling out this application for med school, but later they teach him like he's an actual doctor that has had, has had some training. He's done like uh, on cadavers and stuff. Gotcha. In school. Fucking bodies. I mean, maybe. I, what else I don't do you know do? what he's in. I don't know what he's into. Necrophilia, whatever his thing is. I'm not sure. So, so from that we get to. Um, <laughs> there's a real thing where uh, Gordon is like, "Dude, I'm logging you into your account. You gotta come play for me. We're getting fucking killed." And he's like, and if you don't play, your gamer score is going to go down. And he's like, oh, my God. And he gets on. <laughs> I never gave a shit about my gamer score. Oh, really? Yeah. You get your gamer score, I think, from playing online, of course. But I think also from, like, games that you play. I never cared. And I don't think anybody cared unless they were, like, maybe competitive gamers. But I was always like, oh, there's my name and there's this huge number right next to it. And I'm sure. But he's like, my gamer score, oh my god. No, I gotta forget these applications. Yeah. Fuck being a doctor. Well, that's one of the questions on the application is what is your gamer score? Yeah, it's gotta be good. Otherwise, you can't be a doctor. It's gotta be 1500, right? Or is that, I'm thinking of the rock test there. Gamer score, your your has to be 1500s. I mean, that's what I read. So they're all playing Halo Reach, but then... This guy Malik comes in and he is pissed off. But basically the gist of this is that Malik is playing a prank on Nick. He's like, God damn it, you tutored me and I'm supposed to keep a C average so I can stay on the team or whatnot. And he's like, I got a B. And they're like, oh my God. And this, I kind of got it where they weren't friends. Yeah. But then they act like they're all friends after this. Well, they are friends. I think he was just messing with them. Okay. So... Uh, we cut to a new drawing class where this guy, Blake, is standing there with his... And you, there's some nudity here. You get to see some ass. But there's a woman drawing him, and he winks at her. And I was like, oh, well, this woman's obviously got to be a character. But no, it's the m- nude guy. Yeah, again, bringing another woman in that has nothing to do with this. Yeah, because we do meet our other characters here. Uh, we meet Sarah, who's played by Sarah Paxton. It's like... She wouldn't respond to any other name, I'm assuming. Mm-mm. No. Mr. Simpson, when I stamp on your foot and say, hello, you say hi back. <laughs> Fine. Sarah. Uh, we also have a lady named Maya and Catherine McPhee's name. Mm. Beth. Mm. So there's the cast of characters. Malik says here at some point that he's going to propose to Maya and he doesn't know what she's going to say. He's so nervous. But they're all going to Sarah's house. Which is on the Louisiana Bayou, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's her family's house or something. She does say it's her family's, which people who, if they live in Louisiana who listen to this, are there like super rich people that live out in that area? I I don't know. Because me, coming from someone who just watches movies and in Red Dead Redemption 2, it, I've always seen like shanty towns. <laughs> and mm-hmm. when we were in Louisiana, by the way, when we were leaving the shore on the boat you do see those like shanties you remember those they were on the shore and there was like those houses kind of on stilts on stilts i don't think these houses had stilts no this is like a super nice house you would find like in you know the hills or whatnot right so write in or, or talk to us here if there are like super rich people that live out on the louisiana bayou and if you're one of those, do you have a guest house that we might be able to stay in? <laughs> mm-hmm. We love Louisiana. 
I just want to get another po' boy. Yes, yeah. Shelly's addicted after we got some there. But um, the other character we have not introduced yet is Sarah's dog. Oh, yeah. But they stop at a gas station, and one of the scariest things in this movie happens to me here is that Catherine McPhee and Sarah Paxton's characters go into the bathroom, and Catherine McPhee just sits down. Like, yeah. not even doing a check. You gotta do a check on that. You check? I check. I'm like, well, especially for a men's room, if you're going into a stall, there's a 99% chance that there's piss all over it. Oh, I see. I thought you were, like, checking for a camera. Oh, no. Which she should have done, because that... But there is in this. But, no, if you go into a public bathroom, I look at that seat before I ever sit down. Oh, absolutely. But she's, like, talking to Sarah, and she's like, la, 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 pants go down, just sit down. What's the most disgusting thing you've ever seen? Uh, I saw a gigantic turd mm. flopping out of the toilet onto the seat. Mm-hmm. It was nasty. Yeah. I hate public bathrooms. With women, Mm -hmm. we have menstrual cycles, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, if you're not careful, it can get a little wild. And and I have have seen that. Um, I hate public bathrooms. I I legit have OCD, diagnosed, Mm -hmm. take medication for it. So public bathrooms freak me out. We went to, we were going to, I think it was when we were going to Columbia for Odin. We stopped at a gas station, and I had to go. I had to go number two real bad. We're getting gross here. <laughs> number two, and the all of the toilets were just nasty. So I hover pooped it, and my legs hurt for like the next three days. Ooh, yeah, unfortunately, that's on the way to Columbia. The only thing you get that one nice bathroom at the candy store. The candy store, and then after that, you're fucked. To Columbia though. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so, but anyway, all that to say is that they these people are nasty. Um, Joel David Moore is talking to Nick, and he's all like, dude, don't be a pussy. You gotta have sex for the first time before you ever become a doctor, so please get Sarah drunk and hit on her, and then maybe she'll have pity sex with you. Oh, my. So they go to check out, and then this dude, who is working the register, has a toilet cam. Not in the toilet, though, but it is like... Hidden in a mirror, I think. A bathroom cam. Yeah, because Sarah Paxton and Catherine McPhee are, like, looking at it, but they don't know it's there. And this guy's not trying to hide it very well. No. He's, like, not talking to Joel David Moore and Nick. They're just standing there, and he's, like, looking at this cam, and they're like, uh, what you looking at there? And he, like, turns it to something else. And it's, like, this fucking small-ass, what, 70s, 80s? Yeah. 90s? (laughs) 2000s <laughs> now i don't know a year it's just fucking small black and white yeah um so malik and his girlfriend maya are outside loading the car up with their supplies because they're like get beer we gotta get beer we're college kids oh yeah and i for the longest time i mentioned that these in my notes that these guys were hillbilly one and hillbilly two <laughs> Until we learn their name. Red is the first guy that gets out. He's got like, he looks like he's wearing those hillbilly teeth you can get at like Halloween stores. Yeah, but they're sharp. Yeah, he's like supposed to be a shark or something. I don't know. They're at a point. How crazy would that be if they were like, there's sharks out there and it turns out it's just Red swimming and biting people. (laughs) Like, I sharpened my teeth. Mm -hmm. But he makes... (laughs) Uh 
<laughs> Gotta get this teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. He did the boy. <laughs> they call it a sling blade. Some people call it a Kaiser blade. <laughs> but Red is like, hey, that's super nice of you to let the help sit up front with you talking about Maya, who is a Latina woman. Yeah. And Malik's like, the fuck are you saying? And we haven't mentioned it, but Malik is a black man, and I think he does call him boy at some point here. Mm-hmm. So they're getting ready to fight, and Hillbilly One comes out, and he's a good-looking man. He just has, like, a scar on his face. Yeah, don't talk bad about scars and faces. Well, I, I know, but it's in this movie. It's funny. They're all like, I'm so fucking disfigured. And I'm like, dude. You would do okay still. No. He's like, I'm so fucking gross. And like, you, you're a beautiful man, and you, ha- you look like you had like maybe an hour of makeup put on your face because that's <laughs> what happened here. <laughs> you're a beautiful man. No. They start getting into a fight, and then Sarah comes out and realizes these guys are people that she knew. She's like, Oh, Dennis and Red, how's it going? You racist pieces of shit. Yeah. It's been so long, and. You know, they're, they, it diffuses the situation, but the, her friends are rightly like, you know those racist pieces of shit? And she's like, they're harmless. I'm like, he called me boy, and he called her the help. I'm worried about this town. Well, I just want to be like, are you racist too, Sarah? I guess that does explain some of the things that you've said to me, Malik, a black man, in the past. <laughs> yeah, Sarah. When we first all met at my apartment, you came up asking if I could get you something to drink. Yeah, what's all that about? And you slipped me a one after I gave you a soda? Like, did you think I was the help? Explains that Sarah may be, like, a little racist. (laughs) None of that happens in this movie, but I'm just like, she's all like, they're harmless. Like, you tell a story later in this movie about Dennis that lets me know that he is definitely not harmless. Yeah, actually, Sarah seems like the sweetest person. Yeah. Um, so... For her to even know these people, it seems a little weird. Yeah, well, I guess she knew Dennis back when he was beautiful. Beautiful. What movie did we watch? There's that movie that we saw. I saw on Rotten Tomatoes had a hundred percent, and it's it was awful. Oh shit! The Final Wish. It has one of the kids from Twilight in it. Not any of the vampires, but like the third string character, and it was so damn funny because in that movie. This kid is like, oh, I'm fine, I'm so attractive, I'm a terrible actor. Gets into a car accident, and he literally has, like, a little cut on his face. right. And he's like, I'm disfigured! (laughs) And he starts wishing. He was like, I wish I looked good again. I'm like, you have a cut! (laughs) So, that's kind of what happened here. It is a tiny scar. So, they're, they're all getting in the boat and going to the house where Sarah lives, or her parents have, and... You know, the cops, the the fuzz, the popo come up behind her on a boat and she's all like, fuck them and starts taking off. And Oh, Sarah's a bad girl. Yeah, all these other kids in her like, please slow down. Oh, my God. Why? Why? And it turns out it's Donald Logue who's been in a ton. He's been in Blade, a lot of TV shows, Mm -hmm. but he is the sheriff of these waters, I guess. I don't know, but. Of the water. (laughs) The sheriff of the water. (laughs) The next movie. Yeah, Sheriff of the Water 3D. <laughs> but he gets out of the boat, and he's like, You beat me, you still got it. You always beat me when we race. 
And he's like, how about you toss me one of them beers? And they do, and he pounds it down, and all these kids are like, this guy's fucking cool. So again, I'm really worried about this town. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, oh, be safe. I'm going to drop your mom's mail off tomorrow. She asked me to bring it over. And he leaves, and as they all go into this house, we get like this montage where it's like fast-forwarded. And we see Catherine McPhee and Maya... They both turn their backs again to the camera and take their clothes off, like their tops. They turn their backs to the camera to face a window. <laughs> Donald Logue's out there like, oh, hello. What? He's like, I'm glad I stayed here for a minute. I mean, when I undress, that's how I do it, right yeah. in front of the fucking window. Well, you know, there's a camera, so they had to turn their backs to the camera. But you do get some side boob. Yeah, a little side boob. And they put on bikini tops, which... It makes me laugh. I'm like, when would a woman ever, like, flip around, take her top completely off? Like, you know, they do the hands across where it's like one hand's pulling yeah. one side. And they do that, which is difficult. And then just to put on a bikini top. They're, they're definitely doing it in a sexy way. Absolutely. And this montage is just weird. Yeah. We see... um Joel David Moore and Catherine McPhee, they're playing like ping pong or what's it called? Beer pong. Beer pong on like this little inflatable raft in the pool. Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Paxton, she's in this blue bikini the whole time and for the rest of this movie. And you're just like, there's scenes later after the attack, the first attack happens where she's just in this bikini wearing like a shirt over it. And I'd be like, uh, I'm going to change back into some regular clothes after this because, you know. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not comfortable with my body. If you look if you look like you're comfortable with your body, maybe you wouldn't mind. But I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to change out of these and put on some real clothes. We're, we're in crisis mode right now. <laughs> um, she plays fetch with the dog, another Jaws ripoff, because there's a kid that mm. plays fetch with his, sh his shark. <laughs> his shark. <laughs> his dog. The, the dog dies. You don't see it, but he never comes back. But you think that... She, you think that the dog is going to get it because mm. it keeps getting the little camera under the water, mm -hmm. seeing the jo the dog, and he's fine. I even put in my notes, the dog better not die. Yeah, I know. Well, I will be pissed. So they finally get to water skiing. Malik is in the back, you know, on the ski, like doing flips and shit like he's an Olympic skier. It's fucking amazing. He's doing flips and backflips and... He calls himself Superman at one point here, and I was like, I believe it. I mean, skiing is really hard. And at this point, I'm worried about alligators. Yeah, I know. You you said that, I think, when we were watching it, and I was like, oh, yeah. You wouldn't think. And there's literally hardly, I don't think we see anybody else on this lake. No. It is just them. It is, yeah. Maybe that's the sequel. Gator versus Shark Knight 3D. Oh, you've got <laughs> something. If only Mr. Ellis was still with us. Yeah. So we get the first glimpse of a shark, and it is the worst CGI shark you've ever seen in your life. Maybe not the worst, but it wasn't great. Now, I know these sharks can swim fast, mm. which... Hang on, let me see here. How fast, Scott? <laughs> So it says, bull sharks can swim up to 25 miles an hour. 
Oh, that's not as fast as I thought. Well, in this in the movie here, when they're swimming, it looks like they're swimming like thirty or like fifty miles an hour. They're so fucking fast. They're yeah, they're on a um a speedboat. Yeah. So yeah, speedboats go real fast. Uh, I was on a speedboat once when I was a kid on the lake, and we were going real fast in it. And my mom's like, "Look over on the shore. This is this is about as fast as you could ride your bike if you were on the shore next to us." And even then, I was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> and I remember asking her like a couple of years later, I was like, you remember that you, you said I could ride my bike as fast as the boat? And she's like, oh, I was just trying not to scare you. Be like, this, you've gone this fast before. Don't be scared of this boat. Mm-hmm. So the shark attacks Malik and he goes underwater and Maya holds up like a red flag right here. And I don't know if that's commonplace on the lake now. If someone bails or falls, you have to do red flag it's mainly to notify the other boats around you that a skier is down and please don't run over them Mm. gotcha well they go back to where malik was and he's not there but they look over to the shore and he has swam back to the shore to where how what he must have it it probably was just adrenaline because sarah paxton is like sunbathing on the beach shore (laughs) not the beach but she's sunbathing on the shore of the water and she looks up and Malik's like, oh my God, he has no arm. Yeah, like, that's shocking. Yeah, he has an arm missing. But how the fuck did they get back to this house? This is the first time out of two that they are magically back like, at this house. Right in front of the house again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after going, like, taking the jet ski or the speedboat around and around, they are, like, right back in front of this house. That's so weird. So they're all freaking out and. Uh, Blake, nude guy, I kept calling him in my notes, is mm. blaming Nick for driving the speedboat over him. He's like, you fucking must have hit him. Yeah, I don't know that that would s- cut all the way through bone. The propeller? Yeah. I don't know. You'd uh, have to like really hold your arm there for a long time, I think. Maybe. Well, Sarah's like, everybody calm the fuck down. Nick, you are the only person that knows what to do. And he goes and gets a stick and like ties a tourniquet around him, his mm. arm, and... Then he jumps back in the water to go find this arm. And I was like, there is no goddamn way he would have found this thing. No. No. When he's swimming, it shows like what it looks like under the water, and it is way too clear. Yeah. You, you can't see shit in the lake. I know. He's like, is it here? Is it here? Oh, it's here. And then he sees another terrible CGI shark yeah. coming in the water from him. He's like, what the hell is that? That looks like a badly CGI'd animal. Hmm. Uh, he freaks out and swims back to the dock right before the shark eats the ladder off. And it's one of those things where you don't see the shark, so the ladder just kind of falls into the water. (laughs) (laughs) Special effects. Oh, boy. So now that he's got the arm, I think he puts it on ice, but they, it's Mm -hmm. Nick, Sarah, and Maya, his girlfriend, Malik's girlfriend, all agree to get into the speedboat, and they're going to take him to the hospital because, you know, times are running. They got to be able to save him. Yeah, they all wanted to go, but they're like, no, we have to have less weight on the boat so we can go faster. I know, and Maya's like, I'm coming, and he's like, no, you're not. She's like, he's my boyfriend. I'm like, like well, all fuck right. Fuck you, I'm going. I'm like, well, sorry, girl. So they're driving away, and Malik's arm is, like, dripping blood into, like, this little drain in the speedboat. Mm-hmm. Because the blood is dripping into the water, wouldn't you know it? Of course. And we get more shark cam as this thing, I thought this thing was going to die because it like hits the propeller, this shark does. Yeah. 
But Maya goes over, and I had to ask you, because they throw, like, a life preserver thing in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are those things? They're, like, the round floaties. <laughs> <laughs> like a lifesaver thing it's a ring a floating ring thingy <laughs> um they take off with her she's got she's holding on to it and they're like go take off the shark's coming back and or, or just they like take off to get her away from the shark they do know about the shark at this point okay that's mm-hmm. right yeah and this shark swimming like 100 miles an hour catches up with maya and just eats her yep so, and this is another part where the shark hits the propeller again and this boat stops. And they're like, oh God, like, I can't drive the boat anymore. It's it's not responding. And they're like, we're, we're going to have to bail. So they aim this thing at the docks. Yeah, well, it can't slow down. Yeah. And they all bail out of the water and start swimming as fast as they can to the shore. And they are right back to the shore again. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny that they aim the boat right where some gas tanks are. Yeah, because after they bail, the the thing hits the gas tanks on the dock and explodes in like a massive fashion. Oh, man. Oh, that's exciting. We got an explosion in this movie. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, it's was all right. But Oh, you know, I bet you there was some 3D in that. Just got a little stutter. There was some 3D in that. Yeah, you're probably right. With the pieces flying. Yeah, so... They're stuck until in a minute we find out that, or here in just a little bit, we find that they had another way to get out. But they are now stuck, and they're all freaking out. Maya's dead. Catherine McPhee is starting to freak out, and she blames Sarah. She's like, it's your fucking fault. We're here. Yeah. I still don't even know. Like, I don't, if I was Sarah, I'd be like, I don't even know how we got here. Like, we were away from this house. I don't know. This is like some scary movie. <laughs> it's like a Bermuda Triangle or some shit. Right. They're like, we were th- driving like 30 miles an hour. We were heading away from the house. And then when we all jumped out of it, we were right back at the shore. That's freaky. <laughs> How does that happen? So they shoot a big flare off and Donald Logue, he's like a huge hair metal guy, is rocking out in his truck and he doesn't see the flare. Which, I mean, was kind of weird. Yeah. Later that night, they've gotten Malik kind of stable. I think Sarah Paxton here says that she gave him Xanax at some point. Mm, Which I'm like, should you give Xanax to a dude who's like lost a shit ton of blood? I wouldn't think that would be healthy. I would not be doing that. I mean, maybe pain medication. Mm. Maybe some Tylenol. Yeah, I guess that's just what they had. So Blake, the new dude, he is shooting a gun off on the shore of the house and they see a big old boat pull up next to him and it's unfortunately the hillbillies mm, one and two yeah dennis in red and they're like oh my god we need help and dennis is all like hey where's that latina woman i'm not to get a blowjob from that one and dennis points this gun at him he's like fuck you i'll fucking kill you <laughs> but red takes the gun away from him it's not the first time he's had a gun pointed at him you know but they're like, Maya has been killed. And both Dennis and Red for a minute are like, oh, shit. Yeah, they're like, oh, we could have got that on film. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, we don't know for <laughs> at the moment now. But yes, they are bad. That's why they were disappointed. They were like, all right, here's what's going to happen here is we're going to go and call for help. Because it's funny, Sarah Paxton, when they first get here, is like, 
cell phones won't work in this area. That's right. And then when they get to the house, she's like, I need to remind you all that cell phones will not work here. Yeah. We will find out in the future. I mean, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Cell phones, not going to work. So the hillbillies, Dennis and Red, are like, okay, we'll take our boat and we're going to go out and we're going to reach an area that we can call for help. And Catherine McPhee, who is losing her mind at this point, is like, I'm fucking going with you. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm safe on land. Why do you want to <laughs> leave this place? That's a very, very good point. We are in this house of rich people that probably has food and everything stocked up. We will eventually be, somebody will come by. The sheriff said he's coming by tomorrow. And you know what also they probably have? What? Neighbors. You would think so, because, I mean, look, I know Malik is injured. That sucks, but, like, sharks can only survive in one area, so just don't go there. Or a car. Her family lives there. think they would have a car. I don't know. It seems like it's only accessible by water. It's like That's how they got there. Okay. It's like... only like their, it's their summer home or something. That's I don't know. That's true. Okay. And they were like, well, anyway, the kids are all like, well, how are you guys going to be safe with sharks out there? And Red's like, well, you see this old uh, megaphone speaker. here? Speaker. It puts a sound out that keeps anything away. And he's like, and if they get too close, I use this. And he has, like, just a stick, and he touches something on the boat with it, and it, like, blows it apart. It's like a cattle prod. Yeah, it's like a boomstick. I called it, like, Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. Boomstick. Love it. We get a second here where... Malik is like, he wakes up and he's talking to Blake and Malik's like, where's Maya? I want to know if she would have said yes to my proposal. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, she, she's dead. She, she's going to have to pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> so Malik starts freaking out. Start to get a sense that things are wrong because on the boat, um, Catherine McPhee does go with the hillbillies, but Joel David Moore also goes with them. Yeah, because he's got to keep her safe. Yeah. Which, I could probably take that guy out. He's just a big, lanky guy. But he's like, well, you can't go by yourself. I'll go with you. But on the boat now, Red is like, I fucking the shit out of Catherine McPhee. She does have a line where she's like, Red, my eyes are up here. And he's like, I know where your eyes are, darling. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's like, I am a all-out piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, there's no disguising it. So we go back to the, this is kind of cutting back and forth between the boat with the hillbillies and the kids on shore. So we get a little backstory here. Nick is asking Sarah, like, how do you know Dennis and why did you leave this place? And she's like, well, Dennis and I dated before he had his horrific disfiguring accident. Mm, before he became ugly. <laughs> and, you know, I realized that he was never going to leave this place. He was always going to be the same person and never grow and... I wanted to go leave and do something different with my life. And so I broke up with him. And he asked her to go diving with him one last time before she was leaving, mm -hmm. which is red flags all around. Mm -hmm. So she does. And she was like, I couldn't breathe. There was like no air in my tank. And as I went to him to maybe see if we could share the air until I could get back to the surface, he drifted away from me. He just left her. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. So she did make her way back up to the top to the boat that they were in. She started to take off to just fucking leave his ass there. And I guess he was right next to the propeller and she sliced his face. 
which um i don't know if like so they're raised around water yeah you know not to be next to a propeller like at any time really i don't know it's crazy I don't know what he was doing down there. She's like, well, you know what? I ran him over. He was in the water and I saw him. I was so pissed off that I ran him over. Like The only time I see that would happen is if he was like doing some work on the propeller. Oh, maybe. And then started it. But what would he be doing? We had a bunch of weeds stuck in the propeller that I didn't know he was working on. So I started the boat up and sliced his face. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So they're all like, wait, where's Malik at? And he is standing in the water with a gigantic spear. What? Where did that come from? Where is this spear at? This is killing me. Like, we got the whole montage of the house. It does look pretty nice. Yeah. It's not ran down. It's not, you know, a shack out in the middle of nowhere. What is he doing with a spear? Especially when that other guy, Blake, had a fucking shotgun. Yes. And I'm just like, well, also, how does he fucking have strength to be standing at this moment if he's Mm -hmm. lost his goddamn arm? You think that he would be have blood loss yeah absolutely maybe he would be very faint but yeah he's all like standing in the water and he's like you take one of mine i'm gonna take one of yours it's the adrenaline man he wants to probably avenge his his not fiance so nick is all like well how are you gonna find this thing in the water and he's like oh it's gonna find me oh do you see this blood dripping from my arm yeah it's still dripping blood i don't know why you haven't fixed that yeah you're a bad (laughs) doctor your tourniquet kind of sucks ass. You're a piece of shit. So he does go into the water, and we see a hammerhead shark now coming. It's different than the bull shark we see earlier, but this is coming after him, and doesn't it, like, bite him or something? I, no, I, I can't remember. He's, he starts fighting it. <laughs> this is the most comical thing yeah. ever. If we were to slow it down and watch it, I would probably die, literally die laughing. He throws the spear, completely misses the shark. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like if I was to throw a, a basketball into a hoop. Oh, yeah. It would go the wrong way. <laughs> That's what happens to poor Malik when he throws the spear. And then Nick is like, God, I feel so bad for this guy. Let me go fucking help him out. Yeah, he jumps back in the water to go help him. So he goes and helps him and magically... The spear is back in his his hand, and he does get bit. Well, dude, Nick is the king of finding things in water. He found the arm, now he found the spear. Hey, maybe. Maybe that's how it got back in there. It does make me laugh, because at one point, Malik is, like, punching this shark. He's like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> With this dumb puppet shark. You can just tell it's a stupid puppet. Yeah. But he does stab this thing, and it, it kill it. And they drag it to shore. And it does bite him. Yeah, which he seems fine afterwards. Then he can walk. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, it got him like right in the torso. Yeah. Or the groin area. I couldn't really tell. And these sharks, you, you know, you always hear that they're like, well, sharks aren't like killers. They, you know, they, they'll try and they may take a bite out of a person every now and again thinking that they were prey. Yeah, a little nibble. These sharks are like bloodthirsty, ready to kill anything that moves. That was, Yeah. Because it didn't take no time for this shark to find him. Yeah, I know. Well, um, they dragged the stupid thing to shore, and Nick is like, that's not the same shark I saw that killed Maya. And he goes to investigate it, and there's like this camera like stapled to this shark. 
Oh, yeah. He pulls it like, it, this thing is like inside the shark. Like it's like bolted into him and he pulls it off. And he's like, that's a fucking camera. Yeah. That's weird. I have to know like how this could have ever happened. Like how did these stupid hillbillies and h- how did they capture these sharks? How did they put cameras on these sharks? Because mm-hmm. spoiler alert, there are great white sharks in this movie, which are like, you know, pretty goddamn big. But how could you capture one? I've heard they're you're not supposed to keep them in captivity because they don't last very long. How do you capture them? And then also, how do you fucking put cameras on them? Yeah, I mean, they do have some fancy equipment, but I don't see how they could pull this off, just the two of them. Three. I know. Four. Three later. Four total. Four. Because the convenience store guy, we do see him later. Oh, okay. But that's still, they would need an army, and maybe, like I was telling you before this, maybe they had, like, a whole group of people that have all have gotten killed putting these cameras and (laughs) capturing these sharks. It's. Yeah. We started with uh, 15 people and it's just now four. Yeah, movies don't always have to make sense, but if you, I feel if you can't make sense out of it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make it a good movie. Right. Well, back on the boat, you know, Dennis comes out and he's all like, all right, Joel David Moore, you're going to get in the water. And he's like, I, there's sharks in the water. I can't get in there. And Red takes Catherine McPhee hostage and... Joel David Moore's like, please don't make me do this. And Dennis shoots him in the shoulder, knocking him overboard. Yikes. Joel David Moore swims to like a tree, like in the bayou. And he swims to a tree because he sees like a shark coming. Gets up the tree and he's like, oh, thank God I'm safe. And this shark fucking power jumps and takes him off this tree. (laughs) That's insane. And now that part did shock me a little bit. Yeah. I thought, oh, thank goodness he's going to be fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, the shark comes out maybe one of the better moment moments in this movie. It's a good death, yeah, yeah, because I have seen videos, you know, you can see pics of sharks in the wild, like, jumping from the water. They, like, go up and capture birds or prey or whatever. It's pretty scary. They yeah. don't really do that in the movies very much because budgets, but I've seen it. They're like, you yeah. know. And, and I read that they don't do it often because it takes so much energy. Oh, really? Just to do that, just to jump out of water. Um, and they also have to be going pretty fast to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was, it, it, this was a neat part of the movie. So now they make, uh, Catherine McPhee, Red's all like, strip. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not going to strip. And he points a gun at her and she's like, okay. Starts taking her clothes off. There are some sick people. Yeah. He's looking at her and he keeps going like, oh Yeah. Yeah, boy, that is a fine rack of lamb. Yeah, and this isn't even like a horror movie sick. This is like I feel sick to my stomach. Yeah, that you are acting the way that you are. <laughs> it's not like the corrupted killer being like, "Oh yeah, I want to see yeah. you down into your panties so I can kill you." This is just like gross. Yeah, he's playing it real gross. Well. She gets a knife when Joel David Moore got shot off the boat. She grabs mm-hmm. a knife while they're not looking. So Dennis goes off on this long rant of like, did you know there's 40, there's however many species of shark and I've seen 46 different kinds in the past week or whatever. And he looks and he's got like this kind of like area netted off in the water. And he's all like, oh, in here, you see these in here? These are cookie cutter sharks. And he's like, they eat their own teeth to get protein or to get calcium. 
And they lower down a piece of meat in there, and like piranha, they just take this meat apart. And he's like, okay, and they show that they have a camera in the little water cage with all these things, and then they knock Catherine McPhee in there. That's crazy. But you mentioned she had a knife. They're all like, okay, well, you're going to have to get in here. And right before they're like making her get in the water, she stabs Red right in the shoulder. Yeah, and like... (laughs) It was deep. Like, it had to have gone all the way to the handle for sure. Yeah. And he he didn't bleed. He's just all like, oh, damn it. What an inconvenience. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's just a little scratch. I mean, my God. He probably severed some tendons and you got got a problem. Yeah, I know. Well, well, they push her in and it's so funny because she comes back up from under the water and she's like, help me out. Help me out. I'm like. They're not going to help you. They're not, honey. They just killed Joel David Moore. Why would you ever think that they're going to help you? You're a fighter. Figure it out. And these cookie cutter sharks are kind of like eels. They like latch onto her legs and her neck and kill her. And Dennis and Red are all like, woo, that's some good footage. They they did show like the underwater, like kind of the footage from their view. Yeah. Um, Which I felt was also kind of neat. Yeah. To show the underwater and how they were attacking. I thought she did great acting out this part. Yeah. Because I can't say that it would be very easy to act like something's biting you. <laughs> because yeah, there's I know. nothing there. There's not anything there. <laughs> so I thought she did a great job. And the the, the kind of camera angle was, was neat on this show. Yeah. Well, back at the house, um, Blake is like, oh, hey. We have a jet ski. Let's. I'm going to take Malik and get help. So they take off. And as soon as they do, Donald Lug pulls up in his boat. And he's like, hey, I saw you guys had a huge bonfire on the shore. And they're like, please, you got to fucking help us. And he sees the shark on the shore. And he's like, the fuck is that? Like, what the hell is going on? They're in the house and like everything and walking. And Nick just passes out here. And I, you have to think, okay, so spoiler alert. Donald Logue is evil. Right. How did Nick pass out? Did he give him a drink? The only thing I can think of is there was some chicken noodle soup that the dog ate off the floor, and then he passed out. But Nick wouldn't have eaten any of his soup. Not that I saw. But I think he offered him something. I guess, because, yeah, they're, Nick passes out, and Donald Logue's like, Oh, no, he passed out. Oh, gosh, you, you know, the... the all the tense tenseness got to him. He's gonna suck as a doctor. He's gonna be in surgery and just pus- fucking pass out. Yeah. Well, they put him down on the couch, and uh, Donald Logue's like, "Oh, can you get me something to drink?" And she's like, "Sure," to Sarah, and she goes in, and she hears on Donald Logue's radio, it's Dennis and Red being like, "Have you got them yet? Have you got them?" And she's like, oh, my God. And she sees that the dog is passed out because when Nick passed out, he knocked over Donald Logue's chicken soup thermos and the dog ate a little bit of it. And she sees the dog's passed out now. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, the soup, the radio. It's all coming together that he's evil. So good girl. She grabs the biggest fucking knife she can find. Yes. And she is sneaking up on Donald Logue. As soon as she reaches back to stab him. 
Dennis, who just contacted him on the radio, is in the house and grabs her hand. I don't know how the hell. And of he's... course, they've probably just been doing this whole shady shit out in the front of their house. Yeah. Off the shore a little bit because everything happens in front of this fucking house no matter where you go. No matter where. I don't know. He's like, we were almost to my truck all the way back at the start of the lake. And as I was getting to pull up to the shore, we were back here. It was weird. But Dennis is to um, Dennis says to Donald Logue, he's like, I just saved your life. And Donald Logue's like, rock and roll, partner. What an idiot. He's just all like, yeah, partner. He keeps calling him partner to make it clear that they are in it together. Like he's a hillbilly rock star or whatever. And like, you're a better actor, dude. I've seen you in other stuff. You act so much better. And yeah. And like an idiot in this movie. He knows what this movie is. Mm-hmm. So uh, Blake and Malik are riding away on this jet ski. Malik sees a giant shark behind him trying to swim up and catch him. And he's all like, you know, Maya's dead. I just killed a hammerhead shark. That's pretty sweet. Not going to probably top that in my life. And he jumps off the jet ski and gets eaten by this shark. You know, if you're going to sacrifice yourself to maybe save your friend, <clears throat> you may want to communicate that. I know, because, yeah, because Blake's like, oh, my God, and he goes back around to try and save Malik, mm -hmm. and he stops the jet ski right where Malik was just killed, yeah. and he's like, Malik, Malik, where are you? And I think he sees a shark or something, and he takes off again. Yeah, all of this, again, right in front of the house. They they don't get very far. No, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, at least be like, hey, dude, whatever happens right, right now, just keep going. Yes, like, I would have loved that better than him just deciding to sacrifice himself. Yeah. And then Blake coming around. Like, at least we would know one person gets away. For sure. Right. Well, he doesn't because Blake takes off on the jet ski and he's all like, oh, I think I made it. And he looks ahead and this gigantic great white shark jumps out of the water and just rips him off this jet ski. Yeah. Didn't care for it's that. It's pretty funny. That may be one of the better kills of this movie for me. Oh, really? <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, oh, we just saw that. We already saw a jumper. Yeah, out of the saw water a jumper. Kill. So Nick is tied up in this boathouse, and Donald Logue's there with him, and we get the whole explanation of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Donald Logue, the two hillbillies, and we find out here in just a minute, the convenience store guy, put all these sharks in the water. What? And he was like, do you know what the number one show on TV was two years running or whatnot? That's right. Shark Week. And he was like, and I'm, you know that there are people out there that would pay good money to see the real thing. And he's like, you remember Faces of Death? It was a ba band in over eight countries and showing people were dying for real. And now an eight-year-old could download it on the internet for free. Jesus. Isn't Shark Week like... About sharks, but not really about them killing all I know. the time. Right. I'm like, not sure now, but yeah, I thought it was just about how sharks are. It's education. I, I know. I think he's more like, well, people are obsessed with sharks, and if they saw people getting killed by them, that'd be amazing. Man, it's like, I really hope there's not that many demented people out there. Oh, I don't know. Well, he does show a video of the girl in the white bikini from the beginning getting eaten, and he's mm. all like, we took that from a thresher a week ago. And he's like, it got a bunch of hits. I'm like, are you posting that on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me laugh, too, because he's like, we are going to make quality videos of sharks attacking people. 
and you just know that there are going to be some people that'll want to buy it. And I'm like, you don't even have someone lined up for this yet? <laughs> Get people interested with money first, then do the ridiculous capturing sharks, bringing them to a Louisiana swamp, killing kids. Yeah, I, I mean, if I was going to be killing anybody, which it would never happen. Yeah. But at least would want to make it worth my while, I guess. I know. Well, well Donald Logue's like, these cameras we got on these sharks are the same ones they used in March of the Penguins. She's like, wouldn't it be funny hearing Morgan Freeman narrate you getting eaten by a shark? Oh, my gosh. Because Morgan Freeman narrated that movie, March of the Penguins. Oh, okay. But um, he's got this big trap door in the boathouse, and, you know, he's going to knock Nick down in there. He's got Nick tied to a chair, and he's going to lift him up on the chair and slowly dunk him down into the water where they got uh, tiger sharks. He was like, they eat anything. Hmm. Uh, he cuts Nick's leg here, and as Nick is bleeding, he, Nick knocks over like a big gas can and starts leaking everywhere. Like, well, that's going to happen. It's going to come back for something. So he lifts Nick up into the water, or he, he lifts Nick up over the trapdoor water, and he drops him down in, and these sharks start moving towards him, and he pulls Nick back up. And he's like, not yet, man, not yet. You are sadistic. I know. He starts playing round and round. The round and round. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And he's like, whoa. He's like, I love the 80s middle, man. Whoa. And he's like, any request? And Nick, this Nick is completely soaking wet. And he pulls a lighter out, one of the flip lighters, and starts burning his bonds. His, Absolutely. Which you wouldn't think this lighter would work if it was soaking wet. It's like plastic handcuffs or zip ties. The zip ties, yeah. yeah. And he's like, wait. Guns and Roses, and Donald Logue's like, what? And he goes, play some Guns and Roses. And this is kind of a funny line. Donald Logue's like, I know what you're trying to do to me. You're trying to make me fall in love with you. <laughs> that was funny. So he turns around to change the station, and Nick throws the lighter and ignites the gas, and um, Donald Logue just goes up in flames. Yeah, ooh. He does also get set on fire in the vampire movie Blade. So when he's screaming on fire in this, it took me back to that movie because uh -huh. he sounds exactly like he did. He's like, I've been here. I know how to act. Yeah. I know what it's like to be set on fire. But he jumps in the water and Nick closes the, the door to this trapdoor area. And Donald Logue, like, it's glass so he can see and hear him. But Donald Logue, like, pulls himself up a bit and he's like, Nick, please help me. <laughs> <laughs> like are you kidding I'm not gonna fucking help you again it's like Catherine McPhee please get me out of here <laughs> like what no but these tiger sharks rip Donald Logue apart Dennis and Red have Sarah in a shark cage on their boat and they're gonna like lower her in the water and I was like aren't these shark cages supposed to be like shark proof what, what good is that supposed to do yeah. I guess she's gonna drown I think that's his fantasy is for her to drown it didn't happen True. last time, so he's going to try it again without anything. She doesn't have oxygen or anything. Yeah, I know. It, it's crazy. Well, she does ask Dennis. She's like, Dennis, why are you doing this to me? And he goes, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Why don't you say that into the ear? You didn't run over. <laughs> She's like, why were you near the propeller? What were you doing down there? You should know better. She starts turning on the charm and's like, oh, Dennis, I came back here to make it right. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. And, you know, he falls for it and gets close to her and she pulls the gun out that he has in his waistband. 
and she just can't fire it. They don't say anything about the safety being on or anything. She just can't fire this gun. Again, if you're going to execute something, follow through. You're going to sweet talk and get on his good side so you can grab the gun. I mean, she had this all working in her head, right, Mm -hmm. as she's talking to him. I'm going to sweet talk him, grab his gun, and shoot him. Well, it's dumb because she doesn't even know how to use it, it seems like. Right. In movies before, you know, especially in Scream at the end, she, like, tries to shoot the killer, and he's like, works better with the safety off. But she, they don't even say that. She's just like, eh, eh, <laughs> eh, and he just takes it from her. And he's I like, mean, god damn it. At least throw it at him, <laughs> you know? I mean, do something or throw it away. Yeah. Well... He is pissed off, so he drops the shark cage in the water. He starts throwing chum on her, like all his blood and guts and shit. He radios to the convenience store guy, and this is when you know that he's in on it too. He's like, release the big girl. And it's a giant great white shark again, which I was like, there's already a giant great white shark. So they just have these tied up somewhere or something? How do they do that? That would be insanely difficult. Because he opens up this tiny little cage. And he's all like, get out of here, go on. And this giant shark swims out of it. So I'm like, how do you have them? This is weird. I don't like it. I think sharks have to keep swimming in order to keep the water going through their gills so they can breathe. So there's no way that the shark could survive in a tiny little cage like that. Absolutely not. A big one like that. So after killing Donald Logue, Nick sees that, you know, sees their boat in the distance and the water. So he takes his shirt off, looking great here, Mm -hmm. and jumps in the water. To go swim towards him. Like he's going to save the day. Yeah, well, as they are, they're, Sarah is not completely emerged or submerged in the water. She's like, the cage is kind of like half in, half out. Mm. And she's like, please don't do this, Dennis. And uh, you hear Nick, he has finally swam to the boat and he has a knife to Red's throat. He's using Red as like a human shield. And he's like, let her go. Yeah, your friend gets it. <laughs> Or your friend gets in here. <laughs> See? Well, Dennis makes a move like he's going to like bring the cage out of the water. And he grabs a fucking knife and just throws it right into Red's heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking sweet. Like, don't you need him to help with the sharks? Not anymore. Like, he's just dispensable? Okay. Yeah. Dennis and Nick fight for a while. And Nick pushes Dennis over the overboard into the water and... Goes back up to try and get Sarah. He's trying to pull the thing up and get her out of the water. And what you know, Dennis pops out on top of the cage and releases the cage into the water. Damn it. Poor sweet little Sarah. Uh, Nick grabs the cattle prod thing that you know is going to be used here in a second and jumps in the water. Mm -hmm. He swims down to Sarah and gives her air. They kiss for a minute underwater and he like breathes air into her so she can still survive for a minute. And Dennis swims up behind him, and they start fighting. And Nick loses the cattle prod. Damn it. But he's really good at finding things. (laughs) Well, not in this time, because in a minute. We'll see. But they fight, and Sarah is, like, hitting Dennis's head on the back of the cage. She's, like, kind of hitting him. And Mm -hmm. he sees that Sarah has, like, tied his leg to the cage. And that gigantic great white shark is coming at him right now. Oh, no. Uh, He looks at Sarah like, what the fuck? And she flips him off right before this shark just (laughs) eats him. Which is kind of nice. You don't see it, by the way. I would have loved to have seen it. That's true. That would have been a nice little gruesome ending. Was this R? Do they say fuck a lot in this movie? 
I don't think so. PG-13. That's why, probably. Mm, okay. Because Red and Dennis deserve to be eaten in a horrific, horrific way, but we don't see it. Absolutely. So the shark is now attacking, attacking the cage that Sarah's in, and she's freaking out. Nick swims back up to the shore, or swims back up to the surface trying to find the cattle prod. We didn't mention it because it's one of the cruelest moments. Before they put Sarah in the water in the cage, Red has her dog. And he's all like, can I keep him? And Dennis is like, no. And he's like, but he'll be a good boy, please. And he's like, throw him overboard. Oh, yeah, that's so Red, right. Red's just like, yoink. And you hear this dog whine and go into the water. Uh. So you're like, oh, God, that dog's probably dead. But as Nick at this point is now swimming back up to the surface, the dog is swimming towards him with the cattle prod in his mouth. Oh, yeah. Helping out. Such a good boy. Yeah, so Nick grabs it, swims down to the shark. Shark doesn't see him coming, I guess. And he puts this cattle prod up to the shark's head and blows its fucking brains out. Whoa. And this is the most 3D moment because the brains are like floating towards the screen. Mm-hmm. He gets her out of the cage and they go back up to the boat. The most unrealistic moment I thought was here because there's this dog in the water and you see this dog jump from the water into the boat. Which no, I was yeah. like, how did he get down from that? that? That's a little bit of a ways. Yeah, it was. I don't know that that would be possible. Um, Nick is doing chest compressions on Sarah, which you said you would not do in this moment. Uh, from what I know, and I don't, I'm not like certified or anything like that. So fuck it if I know anything. Um, but but if you're not breathing, then yes, you'll want to do like. Well, you'll want to do like mouth to mouth. Yeah. But if your heart's not beating, then you'll want to do chest compressions. Gotcha. And then if it's both, then you do both. All right. Well, for the people that thought she was dead, she coughs up all this water, mm. and they kiss. And the camera, like, starts pulling out, and it's, like, heading over the water, and this gigantic 3D shark jumps out towards the camera, and the credits roll. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> so, I, thank God, was like, I wonder if there's anything after the credits. Because there is. Yes, thank goodness you looked at this. This there, is crazy. There is a music video that has all the cast in it singing about sharks. And of course, it's funny because the other people are like, sharks are coming. Sharks are coming. And you got Catherine McPhee, who is a real singer, being like, whoa, sharks are coming. Shark, 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 shark. Yeah. They're like, shark attack, shark in the water. Shark, shark, shark. And then... The guy that plays Malik does this like two minute long rap. Oh He's like, I wish I, fa- I wish I had my arm. Like I'm rapping <laughs> about things that happen. It's like I wish I had my arm and I would help Maya so she wouldn't get eaten and I would be safe. It's it's terrible. Like I, my jaw was on the floor watching this thing. It, I mean, if if you watch anything, this part is like so insane. It's good. Yeah. And a lot of it is them, like, in a studio, like, joking around, like, singing into microphones and stuff. Um, that Thankfully, it ends after the rap, and it says Finn at the end. That used to be a lot of movies, like, I think French movies and stuff. It would say Finn for, like, ending. Oh, okay. end. But Finn, because it's a shark. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So. Thank God. That is Shark Night 3D, and that is the first movie of our second year. 
I think we started it out with a bang. Yes. Yes, and we are going to keep going with a bang from Andrew's recommendation. We've mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, but basically is a, a, a nice guy, Andrew, from Canada, uh, emailed us and was like, Hey, I heard you guys on Film vs. Film, and I'm a fan, and I, I like the show, and I think you should really do Death to Smoochie. It's a crazy one. Um, it, I, he talked about being a podcaster at some point himself in the past, and he was like, oh, you should do Death to Smoochie, and so, you know, we're, we have said many times, if you recommend or throw a movie out to us, that we will do it, so we're gonna do Death to Smoochie next time. Damn right. Another Danny DeVito movie. Yeah, thank you, Andrew, that, that was kind of the push we needed, because sometimes you podcast to, like, seems like nobody. Yeah. It's like crickets out there, you're like, come on. There's somebody out there listening. So, yeah, that email really made my day for sure, made our yeah. day for sure. It's yeah. Like we, we do appreciate it. Oh, for sure. I was very happy. I said that to him. I was like, thank you. That's so kind. Thank you so much for emailing us. Yeah. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please help us spread the word by telling a friend and rating and reviewing us. Yeah, absolutely. If you rate us on iTunes and leave your name, we'll shout you out on the next episode. Absolutely. And, you know, it'll be fun to leave your name and maybe where you're from. Not like your city or anything. Just be like, hey, we're from Pennsylvania or from Washington. Shout your state out, too. And phone number, social security number. All of that. Your firstborn. We need it all. Yeah, we need it all. And your name of your first pet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe your pet. I don't want your kids. So. Well, I mean, just talking about security questions for yeah, the yeah, internet. That's true. Their computer. Identity. We're trying to steal people's identity. Okay, I got it. So that's it, and I hope everybody has a happy new year, and next time we come on, it'll be Death to Smoochie. Bye-bye.